Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? Welcome to Snowbound, the Blizzard Podcast, brought to you by Ready Check Radio. It's Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means we're doing the show live on twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. If you're watching on the website, YouTube, or listening on Spotify, considering coming over to uh, readycheckradio.com, R-A-I-D-E-O, and following all the socials, and maybe paying us a little visit uh, during a live show so that we can hang out. You can be chat uh, in chat, and uh, who knows? If you say something funny, we normally repeat it on the show and claim it as our own. That's the way it works around here. Uh, we've got a lot to go over today including the Mythic Dungeon Invitational or International uh, Cup in NA. We'll go through some of that. We'll talk about some hot fixes that were introduced today, and we've got a ton of other stuff to go through. I'm Mike Byrne, your host. Joining me, Mr. Dom Greco, a.k.a. Zista. What's up, sir? How's it going? How you doing? I can't complain. I can't complain. Blind leading the blind. Tank a raid boss without your glasses. This is true. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Omegu, you've done it again. Yes, yes. Normally, while raiding, I do not honor the glasses request because there are other people depending on my tank ass. However, yeah. when an idiot in my raid group decides to do that, he deserves what he, whatever he may or may not get. I won't name names mm -mm. or point fingers. Mm -mm. No, but it's... No, no finger pointing. That guy. Also on the line, Angela Mercurio, a.k.a. Indy. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Doing awesome, thanks. I can't complain. This idiot and, and raiding with him, I don't know. We uh, lived, so. We, well, some of us. Some of us. Some of it us died. A wipe. And, it wipe. <laughs> some of us died a, a few more times. But did the rest of the raid deserve that, Omi? You are oh so right. Oh so right in chat. They did not. Well, we can only blame Zista yeah. for that. Mm -hmm. He's the one. See what happens when he gets points? You give him points and, and uh, quest rewards, and he spends them. He spends them. And we hope you will, too. Come on over, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. Uh, anyway, let's get started here. We got a lot to cover, and I don't want to go uh, oh, into Jason's stream time after the show today. So first up, kind of the bigger news in the worlds of Warcrafts. We're, we're in that like little bit of lull period, right? It's the... You know, the, the expansion has launched. Most of the stuff is in there at this point. Everybody's doing their dailies, doing their renown, their weekly resets, their vault and all that stuff. 5.1, um, up the point one patch, uh, not too far off, 9.1, but probably not in the next couple of weeks. So we're, we're kind of like in that little lull period here. We, we've got a little bit, but luckily we had... MDI to keep us company this past weekend. Anybody watch any of it? Because I'll be honest, I watched almost all of it. Uh, Indy, you raised your hand too. You're pretty excited. You were stoked on day one. We were talking about it in raid on day two. You you yeah. were pretty stoked. I mean, Disco Priests, come on. Like the, This is, it, it almost feels like a return for me because for the longest time I was holy, holy, holy. And I felt like I had to abandon my old favorite spec because I felt like it was too weak. But then I just studied the MDI priests and I just watched like what their rotations were, what they were using when heavy group damage was going out. And I was like, oh, okay. 
And then fortunately, I have a few really amazing disc priests that come through my channel and like give me tips while I'm actually playing in real time. So it's almost like I'm being coached and I feel totally better about my spec and class now. So I'm I'm really happy with the MDIs because they all use disc priests. On the other hand, I couldn't get much out of that. We really didn't see too many druid tanks throughout the, uh, the tournament. <laughs> so... You know, it is what it is. What about you, Zista? Did you uh, partake of the MDI this weekend? I did not. I, I mean, I watched the highlights. I watched, like, the cool mind control trick and all that stuff. Um, I heard about some of the stuff from, you know, some members of my guild and some of the highlight moments and stuff like that. But this is this is speedrunning to me, and it's just it's not a category I'm very interested in. I don't particularly, like, even just watching like GDQ and stuff like that. I'm not drawn to it. It's, it's really like, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, Granted the, the point is to do it in a faster time than the team you're going against. Granted, I'll give you the speed run comparison on that particular aspect, but it's, you are still required to kill all the bosses. You are still required to get certain percentages of trash mobs. I mean, it's no more a speed run than when you or I were running, you know, Mythic 10 with a 35-minute timer this week, right? Yeah, yeah. I, but I also just don't like Mythic Pluses in general. Um, well, that's a difference. So I, I can't them, help you there. <laughs> I do them out. I do them out of necessity, right? They're they're something I do so uh, that I have to get done. I try to do the bare minimum for the week. I, I do like maybe is that one a druid joke? That's that's inappropriate. <laughs> that's but inappropriate. like unless like some of my guild needs help, I'll go with them. You know, to, to do stuff like that. Like, I've been running, I've been getting uh, 12s done the week before, and then I'll run an 11 and a 10 with my guild with people that don't necessarily get a chance to get those just to get the 220 or 223 eye level piece you know, out of the, the weekly chest. But I just, I never enjoyed them. I, I liked them more when they were the challenge modes back in, you know, uh, Miss of Pandaria and Warlords of Draenor. Like, I'm, I was part of that, that small percentage that enjoyed them because they were a challenge to do, not a requirement. So, you know, I don't know. Indy, you look I... like confused by this point of view. <laughs> well, I want to come to their defense for a second here, because if you watched like the brackets, right? And you see that basically some, well, most of the time it was the same comp, you know, obviously same, they had a lot of the same covenants so just watching how each team navigated through the dungeon, what clever skips each one would do, what kind of pulls each one would do. I mean, you learn a lot for your own Mythic Pluses. It's not like we're jumping into 18s or anything, but you learn a lot for your own purposes to make your Mythics go quicker and more smoothly by watching these teams navigate through some really difficult encounters. And also, there's a lot of really funny parts through those. If you actually watch them all, there was a lot of like like goofs and funnies that happened throughout. So I thought it was super, super informative and fun. Yeah, but I guess to Zista's point though, like if you don't if you don't enjoy that piece of content, then watching somebody do it better really holds no interest to you. Indy, I'm on the no. same page as you. Like, well, I thought watching he loves he loves Mythic Spires of Ascension. It's his favorite. <laughs> He looks thrilled by just you mentioning it. <laughs> just you mentioning it. Uh, how about the presentation? I, I this was and, and normally, you know, I really wouldn't even delve into this as, as a brief topic, but just the overall presentation, the the overlays, the way they were using split screen. I've seen them do the MDIs and, and the challenge modes and things like that over the years before. And I gotta say, I actually didn't like 
the the UI this time around. The information was there. I'm not taking anything away from that. You knew who you were watching. You knew what the score was. You knew what they were doing and how far the the progression went. But I don't think I was alone watching chat uh, people come in and saying this this UI is actually really. I don't know. It was kind of distracting, and I feel bad because the minute a team went into second place, you never saw them again on yeah. the on the main screen. Which I, I feel like I understand, right? You, why would you watch the team that's behind? You want to watch the team that's ahead. But these are yeah. When you watch NASCAR, do you got watch the guy in last place? Like, Actually, yeah, you do a little bit though. Sometimes, the, yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, you do. Uh, and and when you're watching a football the game, they don't just focus on the team that has the most points and things like that. But I don't know. I, I feel like it's been done better in the past, and I'm not sure what the impetus was for change. Maybe they just tried to to update it, and hopefully they'll I, take some feedback. I can't say that, that I did enjoy the commentators this time around. They were um, really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed them. Yeah, they were really good. I thought they got a little cringy when they had those odd like moments they had to fill. There was some experience that wasn't there in filling an awkward silence or in filling dead time because they needed four more minutes to set something up. But when they were commentating the actual runs indie, they were they were on point. And when they weren't, because it did happen a few times, when they weren't on point, they were very, very funny about it. Uh, yeah. Very funny about it. It was entertaining to watch from that that aspect too. I, I I watched the whole thing. I didn't just like you know fast forward through or catch the highlights. I really right. wanted to see uh, because basically you had two teams the whole time through, just kind of like holding it down. And you're like, oh man, these ones aren't going to be beat. These guys, Echo. I thought Echo was not going to be beat. I I thought Echo was going to take it. And if your Echo's tank, you probably feel horrible right now i am so perplexed no pun, or pun intended Sing. by what happened there inspires that was like what just happened well echo's tank caused the wipe in round one and then caused the like basically the the move that put them out of it in the in the second dungeon inspires the double click on the on the elevator th can the you really double thing. click that though i didn't Is know that you could but apparently, yeah. I mean, one of the commentators absolutely knew what happened there and said, uh -huh. I know because, you know, maybe I might have done that before, you know, jokingly. It's, it's the same in Theater of Pain. Like, if you double-click the portal orb, like, it does the same. Like, it comes, it goes in oh. and then pops back out again. It's the same concept. And that move basically yeah. sealed the deal. Uh, at, that, yeah. at that point, Perplex just had to not die, basically. Uh, yep. they, they weren't time was no longer a concern at, at that point so but echo like obviously super talented perplexed taking the title uh at, in a 2-0 sweep echo kind of old guard changeover here indy now maybe maybe not what they once were or just a bad day with a couple of mistakes what do you think everyone has a bad day you can tell that both teams were extremely practiced they knew their stuff inside and out they it, the way that they're working together, obviously they're communicating, but you can tell that these teams are so well practiced. Like they, you you have screw ups that cost you a lot of time, and unfortunately, ten seconds is huge yeah. in something like because some of these um the fights at I'm sorry the ends of the dungeons came down to five ten second difference. It could have gone either way. Yeah, one death and the penalty was enough to knock you out. Yep. Uh, of winning it just one singular party a uh, person that's it party member dying 
Uh, Zista, you kind of mentioned it, excuse me, uh, a little earlier here, and I'm going to show some footage of it, specifically this part, uh, a fun little little trick. It was pretty funny to watch. So this whole, it, there's a damage buff going into this uh, fight in certain segments for the first boss in Mists. Uh, and yeah. then, you know, getting the mushrooms, it, depending if you have the covenant, you can get another buff. Well, dragging, mind controlling slash, not uh, mind controlling, but taking over one of the mobs and dragging them into the boss fight and using their cleave to multiply that effect, uh, they were just, I mean, this wasn't even a fight against a boss. I had it. never seen this. Uh, granted, I'm not mythic plus absolute let's go get the best time guy granted but uh i have seen nifty tricks like this before does this stay in the game zista or is this one of those uh unintended we're we're gonna make a change here it's funny because like i saw this after my guild was talking about it i saw it on wowhead right and i went and i looked and first thing i did was i checked the comments and people were like how how long until this gets nerfed how long till they yeah. take it out and, and then other people are just like Blizzard just sucks all the fun out of it. And I'm like, what? Like, there's no indication that Blizzard's taking this out whatsoever. And if it is an oversight, if it's something that they didn't really intend on and, and whatever, and it's hurting groups because only one or two characters can do it because of what you have. Uh, it's basically a priest with, with Dominate Mind, I think, can do it. And um, I'm assuming Death Knights can can probably do it um, under under certain conditions. So it's like one of those things that really kind of makes you have to tailor a group in a certain way yeah i mean I yeah you have to be a priest you have it. to have dominant mind then you mind control the the soul cleaver and during the burn yeah. phase use the the soul split ability right so like if it's something that it's like forcing groups to have to make it a certain way and nobody wants to run it anymore because of that then i think blizzard will not ruin like destroy it but they might nerf it a little bit to make it a little like balance so more people can do it they've done stuff like that in the past but if it's making it so like you have to have a priest and this priest has to have this set of talents to be able to do it and, and stuff like that that might cause problems for but, but haven't for we seen this before or... indie like where uh, particularly with mind control it's the one that always ends up being this this problem is dragging something uh into a boss room whether it's right next to it, outside it, or hell, in Old War, it was like clear, you know, in the next little wing area. Uh, mm -hmm. And and they do, t not always, but they do in other instances make changes where they can only be leashed so far, they won't enter right. a boss room, things like that. Do you think this stays? I sure hope so, because I'd like to try it before it gets nerfed. Um, but that said, I think on a scale of like higher mythic pluses, there's no way that if Blizzard intended like the playing field to be even across every class, we wouldn't see the same comps going into every single instance here. So I, I, mean, I like, brought that up when we were talking about the PvP uh, tournament too. The, the how much the the teams were comped the same yeah. exact way, and that almost that makes it boring to me almost. Yeah. You know, seeing that I, mean, I don't even in the MDI as entertained as I was, I didn't like seeing that. Across the board, the teams were 90% the same. I would have loved to see the Disc Priest go up against another healer of any class. That would have been fun. Uh, watching, I think there was only a couple instances where the comps were different. Um, but 
just watching that that would have been the more boring parts for me is watching same comp v same comp do same pulls and same paths like i want to see some different variables thrown in there you know to make it to make it more of a a competition I will say this too about dungeon design, and this is a gripe that I have with Final Fantasy XIV, and I've said it on the Relic Grind a, a lot before too, uh, Zista. I don't think there you could possibly, at least in my book, overstate how something as small as the way something like, say, like Theater of Pain is constructed and how much enjoyment uh, in the replayability that that gives. All that's different is I can go to the bosses in any order, right? Yep. I mean, it's a dungeon. Like all the other ones, nothing's terribly different. Bosses, mechanics, trash, mechanics, rinse, repeat, get some loot, not get loot, slash cry, whatever. Uh, but just that little, let me take these in the order that I want to today, you know, or putting little variances in it like that. I enjoy that. And I think in things like watching Mythic Races, to Indy's point, that variety makes it more interesting to watch too. Which way did they go first? Why did they go that way first? Was there a benefit so, with their so comp? Things like that. Bring up Final Fantasy really quick, side tangent. Does that mean you didn't enjoy Final Fantasy X because it was a very linear path? Uh, I was okay with Final Fantasy X. I, I was, eh, it's not one of my favorites. It's probably four or five on the list. Okay, four or five on the list. Yeah, it's just like everybody is like, that's one that everybody's like, oh, Final Fantasy X, it's one of the best Final Fantasies of all time. And then they complain in other it's games you see, it's like hallway simulator. And I'm like, not like, do you not know what Final Fantasy X is? So, but yeah, yeah 13 like 13 is like the one that you options. hear the most on, on it just being a straight line too. But it's also yeah. not considered one of the best Final Fantasies either. Yeah. So point taken. But, so having options definitely opens things up and gives a, like if you're sick of taking a certain path you could do another one and it doesn't matter there's no like you have to go this route first to optimize your path it doesn't matter which one you start with it's preference you know but like going back to the mind control thing like it's it's really interesting because like there are some really cool things you can do or some awful things you can do with mind control like i didn't make this apparent i didn't talk about this very much when it was happening because i didn't want people to exploit it but one of uh, my priests in my guild, Scream Twice, he had figured out in last expansion in BFA in Shrine of the Storms, if you mind controlled an ad right after the first boss and threw him off the platform, the group would just die. And there would be nothing in the combat logs about it. Nobody would have any idea how to do it. So like, you could literally have a priest just go in and troll a group. And I think at one point he had done that because a group was performing so bad he kept throwing mobs off the cliff just to like wipe the group and everybody's like, I don't know what's happening. And they were getting frustrated and then they just left. But you know, it's like, it's one way to, to like ruin it. Like you don't want to seem like the guy to leave because you know, the key's not going to get done in time, you know? So, so Indy, I'm going to throw it to you for the kind of the final word, because you've already alluded to where I wanted to close this portion of the discussion. That was, I would not call, I, like Indy, Zista, myself, maybe people watching the show, I wouldn't call us the average World of Warcraft player. We're probably a little more invested than average, but not as invested, obviously, as a plus 18 mythic competitive team. Can the average World of Warcraft player, Indy, take things from watching something like the, the mythic uh, cup, not just the entertainment value, but take things like 
maybe a strategy here, maybe an idea here, maybe a build here? Or is this something that you you think, hey, you know what, the average player probably isn't watching this the way Indy is watching this to better her disc priest? I study. Uh, But no, I sure hope that normal casual players get something out of this because even if you're not pushing high keys, there's still affixes in there that you can watch. How are these groups navigating around these affixes? And how are these going to affect me if I'm melee or ranged, depending on my class? Like, I obviously want people to learn how to be better in Mythic Pluses because I'm a healer and I don't, I'm like tired of healing all the stupid. (laughs) And it's not like you can just let somebody die. It's not like a, like, you know, you could just let someone die to learn their lesson about standing and stuff because then you're getting a penalty. So as a healer, I beg even the most casual player, please watch the MDIs, you know, like take something from them. And we're going to get into this a little later. We're going to talk more about equipment, but maybe helping out the average player a little bit when it comes to getting to a certain point. So stay tuned for for that bit later in the show. <laughs> Ellie is taking offense to these stupid <laughs> comments, seeing as uh, they're She's your my melee. favorite rogue. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, all right, so what else? Well, today is Tuesday, of course, so we've got some hot fixes and patches going in. Class changes are starting to hit the board. I'm still amazed that this didn't happen a little bit earlier, particularly because these class changes are on the PvP side. We'll probably see some class changes and a little bit on the PvE side. I, I thought these would start before the Arena Championships, Zista. They did not. So there you go. Forget what you saw in the first one because the things may be different uh, this time around. Quite a few PvP changes. Now, we didn't initially expect too much on the PvE side. On the PvP side, players now deal 20% less damage to Death Knight, Hunter, and Warlock pets. So your, bu- your pets got a little buffier and, and meatier. In twos, dampening begins at 20% when both teams have either a tank or a healer. And perhaps the biggest one, there are a few other class changes here, but I'm just going to give one here. The druid, because I like druids, right? Uh, Convoke the spirits no longer cast full moon and feral frenzy when engaged in combat with enemy players. Now, I don't think that's enough of a nerf to have people stop bitching yet, but (laughs) it's a little bit in the right direction for not you non-Druid fans out there. Uh, I don't PvP on my Druid at all, so it doesn't matter to me. On the PvE side, though, hot off the, the patch, we got a ton, a ton, Zista, of raid tuning, dungeon tuning, a lot on the Mythic side, but not all on the Mythic side. I'm I'm very excited for the Council of Blood ones. Um, we have like Dreadbolt Volley uh, is reduced damage. We don't really have a problem in our raid team with them getting off. If they do, it's typically a wipe. If if one gets off now, we might be able to salvage it. That's that's something a little nice there. Uh, the Drain Essence, which is one of Freya's abilities, uh, is damage is reduced by twenty percent. That's going to be great for our healers, uh, being able to heal through some of that stuff since. I think in like normal, we were killing Freya first. In heroic, we, we were killing her second, I believe. So, or maybe even third. I don't know. We were trying Freya third. Um, I don't know. 
Um, now, it should be noted, those ones in particular are not nerfed on Mythic. Uh, Correct. And, in fact, even on Normal and Heroic, uh, if you're in a 30-person group, they are not nerfed. But anything smaller than the 30-person group, you get these You get these nerfs. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to make sure that was pointed out. Well, the one I don't get from it is Darker Cycle. It's like duration is reduced by six seconds, right? It was seven, so it's one second off the timer. And I'm sitting there going, that really doesn't do anything for us because... The, the duration of Dark Recital, maybe it, the healer's like little less damage that they're dealing with there. But like for us, our personal group, it's people have a problem moving left and right. So it's either they die as soon as it's cast or they don't. Like we don't, we don't really have an issue with it. Does that one second help you on the heal side? On the heal side, I don't think it's more of a heal thing. You're either gonna you're gonna screw it up or you're going to move left and right accurately and actually somebody shared a really amazing weak aura for us the last raid and it helped a lot for that <laughs> yeah, part yeah but what i think it would it's, help out with it literally just says go left go right yeah <laughs> it's just that's it it's well, right to it's the point every every 0.5 seconds that the encounter goes on you take the the people during dark recital they take about like three thousand damage so that's six thousand damage reduced per person so one one second off could be potentially, you know, what it's usually in our group, I think it's four people that get linked. Mm -hmm. So twenty-four thousand damage is removed off that, that ability. I mean that's that's pretty significant. I don't think it's gonna make or break anything if that's what you're asking. Like I don't think it's gonna make teams that weren't winning all of a sudden win. No, but <laughs> it's just it's one of those things that I just like it helps a little bit, but it doesn't really... I don't see it helping us in general because it's like we either die in the first second or we don't. Uh, other fights in the Castle Nathria raid. Sludge Fist gets a couple damage reductions uh, in Mythic difficulty. Stone Legions gets absolutely nerfed across the board, basically, mm -hmm. in Mythic in particular. Although outside of Mythic, Serrated Swipe, Serrated Tear, and Stone's Fist range increased to 100 yards. It was 10 and 20 yards. And the developers have a little note here. In addition to slightly reducing overall difficulty, we've made a number of changes to this encounter with the goal of making it feel more consistent between attempts. This means that while certain abilities are no longer avoidable, their impact together with other abilities should be more realistic to manage and the order in which they occur should be more reliable. Um, even having beaten this fight, Zista, I haven't seen it. <laughs> That is true. Uh, I can't imagine why, though. You know? uh, yeah, you'll have to watch the watch the streams if you want to know yeah. the point of that joke. Hearts Ren ranged increase to 300 yards, was 10. Again, this is going with that whole idea of these things are now unavoidable. The, you know, you can't get out of them. Uh, Mythic I, Keystone. I may have oh, even good. made a clip in the, the Twitch stream uh, <laughs> for, the, for the very start of that encounter so you guys could see the first 30 seconds of it before the VOD disappears. Here's a general. Here's a general one for you, Indy, and uh, we were talking about this pre-show. Mythic Keystone Dungeons, the manifestation of pride when the pride affix is up, now sees through stealth and invisibility effects. I mean, that's kind of no fun because I loved watching the way that the groups were using stealth and invisibility to to either like leave a prideful until they're ready for it or just skip it entirely, and um. I think that's kind of, I don't know, it's a bummer. Not like I can stealth or invis without a potion, but I still think it's neat for groups that want to use that, that they can't now. 
Zista, I don't know if you know, but this was a strategy they used in the MDI. You yeah. did you didn't watch, so you know, well, yeah, just... no, I know, I know they used it to reset the <laughs> uh, the prideful uh, to get it lower health before going into like the boss on uh, the Mysoternasite and stuff like that. So, like, I, I, like I said, I saw some of the highlights of it. Um, I. I, I have mixed feelings on this because, like, once again, if more classes had these abilities, I don't think there would be an issue. But because it's one or two, you know, it it kind of makes it so it's like, oh, if you're doing a key, you need at least one of these classes to be able to do this every time, you know. Uh, Potions. Yeah. Money. Yeah, but then that takes away from using damage potions during the, you know, it's just I don't know. True, but I'm I'm of the thought process that I don't think every player should have everything in this game. I think that if you choose a class, you need to be sac understanding what you're sacrificing. And I well, would, no, I would 100% like agree with you if PvP wasn't a thing. When <laughs> when you have PvP, you have to have a yeah. achieve a certain degree of balance. You have yeah. to. Otherwise, certain classes are just never represented in PvP. But it, it's more of like, yeah, you, you can understand that certain things get sacrificed, but if one thing is the best way to do it, then that's how everybody's going to do it. And my problem with a lot of these like mythic invitational stuff is you have people that are not at that skill level trying to emulate exactly what they see and execute and be like, well, this is what I saw people do. And they're just not doing it entirely like the way it's done there. So they're just absorbing, this is the strategy, but I don't know the actual execution. And they just fail for everybody and they drag everybody down with them and these are just like high level strategies that not every casual or you know a little bit above average player is is able to do and it's just like well this is what i saw so we have to do it this way so I then groups start forming and it's become the norm that now you have to have these classes in here or you cannot run this dungeon people will not take you in the the mythic plus finder and that's the sad unfortunate truth of it indy you uh, were trying to chime in there no, I said I feel when he said something like a slightly above casual player trying to emulate. I'm like, I feel called out here. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean. I, I don't mean in terms of like how you're playing your class. That's a completely different thing. I'm talking about group mechanics and like a completely out of the norm strategy that like forces. Like if you're like, I cannot do Mist of Terranosite without a mage or a rogue. Yeah, that means every single plus ten keystone that is doing it would require one of those every single time. I agree with uh, you there. You I know. don't think there should be a cookie cutter. I don't think that like you should be like, uh, I'm not taking this class with me because they're not the meta. Like exactly that. I totally agree. Yes, we actually agree on something. Oh, and that's part of the reason why I don't watch these things because they just feed into that behavior. I see the same stuff with Overwatch. We talked about it a little bit last or not last week. It was like two or three weeks ago. We were talking about the goats meta with Brigida and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. it's just like, that's the kind of stuff that made a lot of people not enjoy it because all you're seeing is the Overwatch League. And this is what the top people are doing. So people in the lower brackets are trying to emulate that. And it's just like, that's all that's being played. And it's not fun. Like with like esports is great. Like, I'm not trying to take anything away from that, but then, like, when it trickles down into the average player, because I 100% I think if esports were not a thing at that time, the Brigida Goats meta never would have been a thing in Overwatch. So, like, that is a product of people emulating 
the top players in the thing that never would have trickled down and become an issue in the first place. So, but you're I, an advanced Brigida player. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I will have my guide out before Overwatch Two comes out for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Uh, Dungeons also seeing a little bit of the nerf bat here. In particular, obviously, check out the patch notes for full specifics. But in particular. Uh, the necrotic wake just basically got pummeled with the nerf bat. I mean, just absolutely obliterated. There isn't. Yeah. There's basically nothing in here that didn't take at least a fifteen percent health reduction. Some of them as big as twenty, twenty-five percent health reduction, damage reduction the, from seventeen percent, twenty-five percent. The only thing that wasn't touched was the final boss. Yeah. I, yeah, because he's easy. <laughs> I honestly, you know, honestly, I, like... I did not know that this dungeon was as big of a pain in the ass for people. I enjoy yeah. this dungeon. I'm all right with it. Um, I think for pugs, though, Mike, mm, that the carrion worm change is good. Because yes. not everybody knows yeah. to kill those. And just coming from a healer, I like that they changed that just a little, little bit. Yeah, but see, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you. I'd have to think about that one for a second because, like, really? You didn't know that maybe the ads being killed should be a strategy you try first <gasps> before you try anything else. Hug from hell. I, it was. It was. What happened? It's. It's not just that. It's they move kind of slow and and with all the puddles and stuff on the ground, like that two extra seconds to be able to kill them sometimes help melee that can't stand in those puddles. So, um, I I just think it was a good change. So now it requires five explosions instead of three before the, uh, the yeah. shit hits the fan and Indy boots <laughs> you from the group. <laughs> uh, before we leave this topic, by the way, so there, we did see the initial class balancing for PvP. Anything striking you, Zista, out of the ordinary on the PvE side of things as far as a class nerf? On the PvE side, yeah. uh, anybody overpowered, underpowered in your travels through Shadowlands so I, far? I feel, and maybe it's just because I'm playing the class. I feel Havoc is still a little bit low. Um, I think that is still reflective just outside of my play style. Like I think that is also in the actual damage charts itself. Um, and and I definitely think that uh, balanced druids are just insane right now. Indy. Uh, honestly, I don't play enough other classes to have an opinion about this, but um, I'll just go ahead and agree with him again because I'm not seeing anything <laughs> specific to my own class. Like, I'm not seeing anything specific to my own class that I can comment on for that. Uh, balanced druids need need to be reined in a little bit, I think, uh, in my personal opinion. Guardian druids, I mean, we're totally underpowered. Buff the shit out of us. More hit points. <laughs> Has or, nothing to do yeah, with the fact that no, that's what you play. God, no, yeah. no. I yeah. can I can be, you know, unbiased here. More hit points, more, yeah, just all of it. Just dump it all on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our balanced brethren, you know, rein them in. They get big heads sometimes. Uh, we saw part one of the pets, mounts, and toys post is up, giving you a, uh, well, it's a partial list because presumably when you label something part one, there will be at least a part two. Uh, anybody in particular on the list that uh, has to be part of the collection immediately for you two? Um, I really like the uh, the pet, the one that uh, is they actually show in the picture on the website, the uh, the Deepwood Leaper. Um, it's like a bushy-tailed squirrel thingy. I-, I love it. I need it. 
I'm not. So, so here's the thing. Like in Final Fantasy 14, I have like 350 plus minions, which would be the mm-hmm. equivalent of the pets in, in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. I have no desire to collect them in World of Warcraft. I don't care about so You're not a Pokemon trainer? No, I don't do pet battles at all. At all. No. Like I think maybe I've done a dozen in my entire World of Warcraft life. It's just, yeah, it doesn't interest me. Are you guys really into pet battles? I think Zista used to stream pet battles. Like, I, I remember did. him streaming nothing but pet battles. I'd been, I'm not a pet battler. I'll do it if I have to for a world quest, and I'll look it up on Wowhead, and I'll be like, what do I need? Okay, let's go. I'm not like... You know what I do when I see that world quest? I fly away. pass it up. Yeah, I... <laughs> I literally fly If if you ever look at it and there's good rewards for it, one of the easiest things to do is stick an entire team of level one pets. They scale down to level one, and they're really easy to do that way. Nope. Couldn't be bothered. Nope. Nope. I can't be bothered with it. That's fair enough. (laughs) I I can't even be mad at that. Like, I totally understand it. Like, I haven't done very many pet battles this expansion. Like, Indy mentioned, yeah, I used to stream pet battles, like, back in Missa Pandaria when it was a thing and like people would come in and be like oh you know how do you level the pets and I'd be like well this is what I do and I can get a pet to level 25 and you know like an hour and you know it's like really easy and like I I would just go through and like some streams I would just sit chat and hang out with people and literally just level pets the entire stream that's all I would do Um, but now that there's like a lot more in depth to it the pet battle dungeons and stuff that they have um, I haven't gone into that i think it was towards the end of mists when they did the celestial invitation where you needed like 20 separate pets leveled to max level that were very specific that you had to have certain stats on them and all that stuff that got a little too pokemon for me and i was never big into pokemon like i literally just got pokemon for the first time with the new one that came out on the switch sword and shield that's my first pokemon like main title game so and I still I don't know what type beats what and you could ask Omikins in chat uh, like I'm I'm constantly going what beats rock and water and I I don't like I don't know like it's just that stuff irritates me. I uh, same thing like I use warcraftpets.com I think is the the site. Nope. Uh, Too much work clicking the flight plan. Yeah, that's, that's what easier. I use to figure out what I'm doing. Up. Up Hearthstone to Sinfall. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, bye. bye. Yeah, warcraftpets.com is the one I use. Later pets. Indy, are you a mount collector at all? I love so I try. Um, yes, but it doesn't always work out in my favor. Like it took me how many years has Tempest Keep been out? It took me till just this past summer to get my Ashes of Alar. It's been out for a little while. A little, a little, while. little bit. A little bit. It took me a little bit, but might Kel-Tos be coming out finally... again, in fact. That's that's when it came yeah. out. <laughs> I'm still working on getting my Highland Mustang and my uh, little donkey and all that from Arathi. But I only um, have 442 mounts. That's not that many. I've got like 400 ish, give or take. And the pets I'm sitting at, uh, unique pets of 984. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, he was a pet battler. I was. I was. Harthus. I like collecting them Later, more boys. than I like battling. Harthus Bye. See you later. Heroes of Azeroth, we need you to pet battle. Pfft, sorry. Guys are guys are fucked. I'm sorry. I'm out of here. <laughs> sorry, commoners. Uh, 
So speaking of older content, uh, the whole time walking this week was Firelands. Uh, resets the day, of course, to Battleground, so PvPers enjoy, enjoy. Who am I timing out now? Bye, Zista. That was the alt raid in, in yeah. Yeah. Right? So, we totally did Firelands, right? It, right, yeah. So hold on, hold on. I got to oh. time you out. <laughs> Rude! I'm out, Zista. Hey, man, quest, report, quest rewards have been redeemed. No, that's not what it said. It said timeout Shadow King for wanting me. Oh. Well, I'll time you both out. Uh, Here you go, Shadow King. Here comes (laughs) Shadow King. Here comes your timeout. Boop. There you go. Now the two of you can't fight for 10 minutes. Uh, (laughs) Keep it civil. Keep it civil. Karkov, how you doing, man? I love the redemption. Um, so yeah, anyway, enjoy your battlegrounds for your event this week. But last week, Firelands, yeah, it was supposed to be the uh, alt raid on Wednesday or on Sunday morning. I showed up for alt raid and uh, got uh, summoned. Take my summon, and I'm in the lobby of Castle Nathria. <laughs> Wait a minute, I haven't been to ship Firelands in a long time, but I don't think it looks like this. I'm pretty sure it doesn't look like this. Uh, yeah. Apparently, Firelands was in pretty bad shape, Sista. Apparently, it was in pretty bad shape as far as maybe a little overtuning. Yeah. Um. So I think part of this, right, is the time walking are are basically they're the heroic versions. They're not the normal, so they're not like walk in and destroy the boss and you're overtuned for it, like people kind of expect. Like the mechanics are more important. In that, then the, like it, it's like doing Castle Nathria on heroic. That's the equivalent of doing the heroic time walking. So going in and expecting bosses just fall over is not going to happen. You have to have a group communicate and do the strategies. So when I find found out that our alt raid was not going to be doing it, I went and pugged it. Right. So I went in. We didn't struggle too much. We struggled a little bit. Uh, Shanox was one of the bosses. Uh, people were not moving out of the way of traps and uh, they were trapping themselves instead of getting the dogs trapped in it and stuff like that. Um, And then a couple people weren't switching off to break the DPS out that were getting bit by the dog. And it's like, these are just basic strategies that people are failing at because they're not used to because when the hell was the last time they did it? So a lot of that was just not understanding the mechanics. After they sat down and explained everything on our first wipe, we one-shot it after that. We didn't struggle again until the rock boss where you had to like turn him, you know, mm-hmm. by damaging the feet. I forget Ry- Ryloth or something like that, whatever. Ryleth. Um, that was the second one we wiped on. But once again, it was only one wipe and then we killed that. And then I was in like a partial guild group. And then I guess like when they got to Ragnaros, they wanted a bunch of their guildies in. So they kicked all the non people out and put all their guild in so they could finish their quest so that kind of sucks that i was in a pug for all of it but the the very last boss so i ended up not finishing it for the week did you go at all indy nope (laughs) it sounded intentional sounded almost like like you were talking to me about pet battles (laughs) yeah it's just like you over a pet battle i just flew the other way Uh, i was actually looking forward to going well, I was too. I had my fill of Firelands when it was current, and it was like my heyday. Like, I that's when I very first started putting out priest guides. It's when I've like met 
all the cool people that I would soon, you know, still be friends with in the game to date. But um, after I heard about all the issues with it, I was like, nah, I think I'll just stick to my usual Mythic Plus end of the week, grind out a higher key. And then I hopped on an alt and leveled some healing, uh, heal resto chamois. Yeah, I uh, I really was looking forward to it, but yeah, you know, I wasn't the raid leader. So what do you do? Killed some bosses. <laughs> killed some bosses. Got some loot. Ended up getting a chess piece out of my vault today, so that was pretty good. But to be honest, like it's like you're clearing heroic content technically for the time walking and 200 eye level stuff seems a little bit low. Like yeah, if. if if it was 213, it's equivalent to like heroic, then I think less people would be frustrated with it. But that at the same time would increase like the people's expectations of we can't have people that are under a certain eye level and it'd be harder to get into them in the first place. But yeah. I think that's what needs to be done. But I think it, the eye level also, of the drop has to go up. It's also disappointing because it's hot on the heels of the old war raid, you know, two weeks ago, uh, mm -hmm. having much better loot quantities dropping yeah. and that being nerfed too so not only is it just the 200 factor but then the less pieces factor too yeah it's you know i get i love the idea of taking older content and making it relevant even if it's only in these one week at a time for, for i love that idea i absolutely yeah. do for all mmos not just world of warcraft uh but well, well, there still has to be incentive to do it and right. the incentive for the people that are geared appropriately for the way you're tuning it isn't there. And the yeah. incentive that is there is enticing people that are going to have a pretty challenging time, overly challenging, arguably, uh, to complete it to get that gear. So it's it's caught in this weird little over slightly overtuned limbo with not enough rewards limbo that I really hope they figure out soon. We also look at it and it's like back then, right? Heroic is technically, and I'm and not saying it's 100% comparable, but it's technically the hardest content that is in the game at that time. So it's kind of like our mythic version of rating right now. You know, like it's, it's definitely uh, the evolution of it is a bit different to where it is, but like that's what was considered the hardest content in the game. So when you make a time walking version of the heroic version, you're giving like it's it's not tuned and scaled properly with the rewards and stuff like that. But what was interesting about Firelands is I didn't realize this uh, until I started noticing some of these items were dropping off bosses and I'm not talking about the trash drops because in, in Old War we were getting trash drops, right? That would drop and they're like not scaled up, right? They're like still the eye level that yeah, they that, were that back then. That was a bug though. Right? That's that's different. Possibly. I don't know. I, I seem to remember it working that way with Old War Time Walking last expansion. So if that's a bug, it's something they never went back to fix. But what was interesting is in Firelands, some of the bosses actually dropped BOEs and they were scaled up. So like there was a shield, there was some bracers or some stuff that dropped for people that they can now turn around and sell on the auction house and stuff like that. So Firelands, I still think was worth it no matter what, but it was... Uh, not necessarily something for our alt raid. This week also saw the first week of non-story or campaign-driven renown gains. <laughs> Indy's very, very sad because our Venthyr campaign just basically fucking ended. It was just like, yeah, and it's you're not done. Ended. And you're it's done. Not end. You're done. That's it. Here you go. No. Here you go. Don't worry, you'll see Big Daddy D again. There's going to be more. You'll Kel'Thas see isn't done. 
You'll see Big Daddy D. You'll see Kalthos. You'll see them all again. They're going to be around for a little while. But So here's what I wanted to ask you too, though. So we were gaining uh, three renown levels per week. Uh, now we're gaining two because we don't have the campaign story that gave a renown level. So right. this is the first week, this, this week that just passed, uh, that we gained two. And starting today is, is the second that we, we gained two. Now, we know that there's only 40 levels in the UI right now. Uh, which means if you map that out, we'll complete the uh, the renowned levels by early March, like the 8th, 9th, 10th of March, whenever that Tuesday is. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But that'll be early March. So one, I want to know, where do you think the renowned system goes at that point? Yeah, it's still a month and a half away, but it's only a month and a half away. Does it just end there and that's it? And maybe we see it expanded upon later in in you know nine nine two nine three something is it repurposed into uh maybe renowned with somebody else is it just levels tacked on and we just keep mindlessly doing the the two per week grind that we're doing now like where do you see that system going and second question on this one if that ends the first weeks uh, into the second week of march are we looking at nine one right around that time, maybe a week before, a week later type deal as a as a prediction, Indy? I, so I'm sure hoping that they're not just leaving the story cut off where it is. We actually had a discussion about this this morning, right after reset, and I was asking my pals who I normally venture into the mall with. I'm like, wow, only two renowned this week, really? It, it was kind of a bummer because I was all ready to unlock Draven's last little line of conduits and that's a 29 but we're only getting 28 this week and they're just like yep that's it just too renowned and i'm like so the story's over that's it like blizz is just gonna leave it like this and we had a discussion about this and i really don't think that's where they're gonna leave this i think the next big content update we're gonna get more story for all of our covenants because there's no way that it's like i haven't seen the whole story for all the other covenants but for venthyr it's not over so does do you, so then in in that context then you think whenever the next big content update is that continues the covenant campaigns um we would see just additional levels added to the renown you know 41 42 yeah. 43 and and go with Crossing that in my fingers yeah <laughs> what yeah. about you Zista? i absolutely think there's going to be more levels more rewards stuff like that um but yeah no the story there's no way the story's done what, what they're doing right now is cuz like LFR uh the, the I think we still have one more wing to come out, right? That comes out. Did that come mm -hmm. out today or next week? Um, I don't know. I didn't check it actually. Now that I'm thinking of it, but like that, you need to give people a chance to catch up in the story. And if LFR is your only form of content, which that is the case for some people out there, they need to be able to get the story. They need to see what happens with the Nathrius. They need to get that quest, you know, and and all that stuff. So you have to gate the content and, and the story in some capacity if you're gating the way the LFR works. I, I think the LFR gating was way too slow this time around. Um, but that probably intentional to to like pace the content out and stuff like that. So it just doesn't all fizzle. Um, but yeah, when when the next one comes out, we're going to continue the story for sure. Um, it's just, We just got to get everybody on the same page. That's all. Does that we mean 9.1 is right around that time too? Like maybe the week I, before I we hit so, 40 yeah. or the week after we hit 40? 
I'd say it probably comes out a little bit before. I think to... I think it'd be before too. Yeah, like the the week before makes a lot of sense to me. So that would be like, I I would put it either the last Tuesday of, um, of February or the very first Tuesday of March, which would be the second, because we'll complete on March 9th. I'm sorry, on um, yeah, March second, and then we would complete March 9th, thirty uh, thirty nine and forty by by the math so i think so too all right so you mentioned looking for raid let's help some people out let's help some people out because right now you're a large portion of the player base you know as careful as blizz is being right now it's kind of with gear progression it's kind of forcing these pockets of particular gear levels you know you got your 60s and their beginning gear. Then you got this pocket right around 170, a pocket around 197, and then like your 202s on up. Um, so I want to ask you two, as somebody coming back to Shadowlands, a lot has changed, right? The gear does not work the same way it did in BFA, and it certainly doesn't work the same way as, you know, Wrath of the Lich King, if that was the last time you played. So... Tell me a little bit about your tips and tricks for gearing because initially it's pretty easy, right? Eye levels higher, equip it. Yeah. Hey, I'm a pally, it's plate. That has intellect, I'm healing. Eye levels higher, equip. Boom, you're done. But net once you hit like that 200 mark, I think is a good a good place for this conversation. That 200 and above mark. There is some argument for swapping gear that is the same eye level, maybe one or two points below in certain circumstances. So I want to know where you you cats get your information. Do you use add-ons to help you with gearing when you get to this point in the process? Do you use sites like Ask Mr. Robot? Are you just scouring loot tables and shit like that uh, by yourself? Do you just know your class in and out to the point of knowing immediately between two pieces of gear that look almost identical, which one's going to give you that slight edge? Indy, what's your advice for somebody returning that hits this point where now it becomes micromanagement of gear and not just direct eye-level comparisons? Yeah, so I, I definitely favored eye-level up to a certain point. But um, now that I'm... Well, in my case, I shifted from holy main spec to disc main spec. So I still maintain two sets of gear, but for disc, I'm lacking so much haste and crit because I was favoring so much mastery for the other spec. So it's a little tricky for me and everybody's like, oh, sim it, just sim it. I may dip my toes into the simming, but for me, I like to make my own decisions. I like to put a piece of gear next to a piece of gear and really just like, I guess, eyeball it myself. That's how I like to make my decisions and be like, well, which one of these is going to give me what I want, not what a program is going to tell me to use. Because then we're getting into kind of like what Zista was talking about, you know, do something just because somebody tells you that's what's best. Yeah, or you do, do get into because... that. Everybody's got the same talents, the same specs, the same covenant, the same the yeah. same gear and stats. And granted, it is a, it's a, there's no way around that, right? It's a it's a mathematical based game. There is a best might vary depending on what you're aiming for. You want to be the best raiding tank. You want to be the best mythic plus tank. There might be variants in those two builds, but when you talk about, hey, priests, healers, mythic pluses, 
There is a best, and there's no real way around that. It's a numbers game. It's math. Um, so there is a point that you lose customization if you're going for the best of the best, but very few people actually reach that point <laughs> where it is. there is no customization option. If you want to be the best of the best, this is the way you have to go. So how does like that person that now has three 200 chest pieces um, make that decision, Zista? Are you using add-ons or anything, uh, guides? Is there somebody you go to that you watch, or do you just know? Um, I know I know what stats are best for my class, right? And that is from looking up different things. But I, I like to look up multiple sources because you stick to one. You mentioned Ask Mr. Robot, right? That's probably one of the worst unreliable sites to use right now uh it's just the unfortunate situation of it i know a lot of guilds it's like a running meme with it there's their priorities their stat weights everything is just way off in particular kiggles had mentioned in chat raidbots.com that's that's probably the best most reliable one right now um but like for example we had a, a balanced druid that is really good noses class all that stuff go on ask mr robot before raid uh, it was either Friday or Saturday this week, and was like, well, as Mr. Robot tells me, if I do this, that, and the other thing, I'll increase my damage by double. And I'm like, you're already doing an insane amount of damage. That's not true. <laughs> and like, he put all the stat weights, he changed the rotation, did everything like the way it told him to do, and he was 700 DPS lower. So it's like, as Mr. Robot is like... Yeah, and, and I just throw it out there as an example. I'm not right advocating now, uh, any yeah, yeah. of these I'm particular just, I'm just items. I want out there, more like, want to know what yeah. you do use than a than yeah. a critique of somebody's service. Yeah. So like Wowhead's got pretty good guides, right? For for class guides, they they can help you with your rotation. Icy veins, you know, they they help as well. Like Kiggles mentioned, RaidBots.com. Those are all good resources to use. Um, I used to use Mr. Robot back in in uh, BFA, but they're just I, I won't go on that site right now. Um, but uh, those, those are the, the reliable ones. Those are the reliable ones. Add-ons, I I really... I like People like weak auras, I get distracted very easily. I don't need extra stuff flashing on my screen to like distract me even more because I'm going to look at the weak aura instead of what I'm standing in. And, Ooh, look, shiny. Of that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... Like I tried weak auras for like two weeks at one point and it ended up getting me killed more than anything. So I was just like, I can't do this. So I keep boss mods on, but I'm very customizable. Like I go into my boss mods and I'm like, as a DPS and for what I am doing, I don't need to see the tank call out mechanic. So I go in, in the settings, I shut off all the warnings for my personal thing. If it's something that's called out in chat or something that marks the tanks that need to be done, I'll keep all that stuff on, but I don't need to know when a tank swap is happening. I shut all the information I don't need off. I make things as bare bones, as simple for me as I can. That's that's my play style. I know not everybody's that way. All right. All right. Uh, so if you take Zista's advice, uh, head on over to Ask Mr. Robot. Um, oh, wait. No, no. Didn't like that one. Ask okay. Mr. Zista. Yeah, you you just weren't clear. You didn't say it enough. I I was confused yeah. that maybe you liked the site. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up with some other Blizzard news, and then we'll be on our way with lore lies and call it a day. Uh, Vicarious Visions this week merged into Blizzard. Uh, re most recently, Tony Hawk Remake, which was fantastic, by the way. Uh, fame. 
for Vicarious Visions. They are now part of Blizzard, so kind of lose all creative control at that point and just, you know, do whatever the hell Blizzard tells you to work on. And reportedly, Indy, they're, uh, they've been immediately tasked with helping out on the Diablo 2 remake. I can't imagine why. They might not want Team 1 to uh, have a lot to do with the Diablo 2 remake, considering that, you know, they did the whole Warcraft three uh remake and that was that was a game um <laughs> i i bought it i don't think i've ever turned it on yeah yeah it might be uh might be why they they brought uh they they brought in some other people here and team one ironically also behind heroes of the storm uh yeah that game's still there too and uh, they have been quietly disbanded. So I got to feel like this is a good for us as far as like people interested in a Diablo 2 remake and stuff like that. I'm definitely interested. That's a This is a plus in my book, Indy, but might be a negative if you're a Vicarious Visions. Yeah, you got the, hey, we're part of a bigger team, more funding, more support. You get that whole idea in your head, but... It's also Activision Blizzard, so maybe we don't have job security, and we certainly don't have the creative control that we we once did, even yeah. though that was relatively limited since we were working more, most recently on remakes and things like that. Yep. Uh, I definitely don't like it. So Blizzard is not the same as it once was. We can all agree on that. When you merge into larger companies and then you acquire smaller companies, things like that like remind me of what Microsoft did to all of the smaller gaming companies that used to make amazing games for Xbox, right? So I don't like to see things like this, but for me, it doesn't super affect me because I'm not a Diablo player. So it's not anything that I'm personally invested in. So if you're if you're a Diablo player, you might be like, oh, hey, this is some news, but it doesn't super affect me with this team being disbanded. I'm super interested in a Diablo 2 remake now that it's actually yeah. not Blizzard making it, though. Uh, like, if, <laughs> if you would have told me yeah. last week that they were doing Diablo 2, I would have been like, shit, man, Warcraft 3 was not great. Was not great. In mm -hmm. fact, it guess... was really bad in a lot of ways. Not just I was disappointed, but wow, this is bad. Who yeah. knows? Maybe I'll like it now. I mean, you look at uh, the Vicarious Visions track record, right? So the last two remakes that they did was the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Yeah, they, and then they Tony nailed Hawk. It. They, they nailed both. nailed it. Yeah. Tony Hawk nailed it. Like, that game was number one streaming, like, the day it came out. People loved it. Like, I, yep. I still know people that are playing it. Like, the absolute took both of those games, two beloved franchises, and knocked it out of the park. So... It makes sense. It, it like it's a good play on Blizzard's to do. You you take two of the best games, like the company that made two of the best remakes, bring them in, make a remake for the game that you know everybody loved except me. Um, I didn't love. I didn't hate it. It's just I prefer Diablo one over it. I w I'd be more excited for a Diablo one remake. That's that's just, hopefully maybe it'll be they'll surprise us. And it'll be Diablo one and two in the same game or something like that. Now again, it's just this is also reported right now. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not confirmed by Blizz or anything. The reports also say that most of the Team 1 that had worked on this uh, has just been kind of pushed onto other projects. So luckily, it doesn't seem at this time to be like a layoff situation. 
they just get reassigned into other teams. So, but even if it's just like Diablo two, right? If that's that's the short term of it, yeah. like there has to be bigger plans. Oh, for absolutely. The long term. They're not going to yeah. take a company that is specializing in making these and make one game for them, like to to merge yeah. them into the company. This is going to be a long term plan. So, do you think maybe they're going to be fixing up Warcraft three, right? Who who knows? Maybe like I don't know. I don't know I don't much think about so. the Warcraft three game. Like, did did the new Warcraft three game come out with like the Frozen Throne expansion and all that? Was that included in that? I I think they're. Hmm, that's a good question. I I think you they're know, actually going to stay Frozen away Throne from was a very Warcraft popular Part of Warcraft three. I don't think the payoff to rescue it is is there. Uh, you know, is it going by? Are they going to suck up a ton of sales now? No, they. Granted, you burned that audience, right? You you burned that audience bad, but yeah. the audience that wanted that, they bought in already. I, I don't know how many of those you're going to save to make it financially worth, like heavily investing. Yeah, maybe they'll do some bug fixes and maybe they'll add some cutscenes to th that were supposed to be there or at least presented like they were going to be there. But I don't know if long term it really pays to invest in that one. I think. What does mean if there's if they haven't included all the expansions with it? If they want to push those, then maybe I don't. I didn't look too far into Reforged, right. so I don't know what was included with it. If the Frozen Throne expansion is like slated to come out, then maybe that will revive part of the game. I don't know. You know. I don't know. Indie doesn't even care. <laughs> I want to try to care. Every time I this... see something like this, though, it just brings back like memories of what Microsoft did to Lionhead. Like, I feel like every time I see a, a gaming company that was amazing in its own little, you know, like it, back in 2011, before all the OGs left Blizzard, it's it's changing so much. And I'm always going to I'm going to play Warcraft into the ground until the day it dies. But it doesn't mean that I'm happy with. Activision Blizzard right now. Uh, the Warcraft yeah. 3 well, remake did include the Frozen Throne. So. Okay. Oh, wonderful. Because I, I don't know. I'm hopeful because like I know that they weren't involved. Their Chaos Visions was not involved in it. But because of how well the, the Crash Bandicoot trilogy did, like they came out with Crash Bandicoot 4. And the game was very well praised, right? Like, yep. It, it's it. So maybe there's, you know, if they do, maybe Warcraft 4. Who knows? You know, like people have been yeah, I mean, asking for that forever. If you have plans for multiple remakes, you can't go wrong with buying a company that has a successful track record yeah. in, in making remakes. You, I mean, it's it's there isn't a single thing about this decision that I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I like that. I, I like all of this. I don't know if I like it if I'm Vicarious Visions. Mm -hmm. I probably have more cons than I do as a game fan. I think as a game fan, it's absolutely a good for us. As a company, I don't know if I'd feel the same way. That's all. Yeah. Uh, another interesting little partnership, although not really surprising. So this isn't really an opinion piece. This is just for uh, for your information. ESL Partners uh, up with Blizzard Entertainment now for Hearthstone Esports. Uh, they've signed a two-year deal on that. Really just makes a lot of sense considering that they yeah. already have existing agreements for StarCraft 2 and Warcraft 3 as well. So ESL picking it up on this side. But on the competitive esports side of Activision Blizzard, the topic of hero banning in Overwatch has been a long time debate back and forth and back and forth. And while not implemented in competitive yet, 
There is a mode that shows how it just might work if it went into ranked plays, isn't it? Yeah. Um, ranked play, we we had hero banning and stuff before, right? So we had it, and it was set up where it was like um, a weekly rotation where it's like, okay, Soldier Farah is eliminated this week, and then next week is that. That turned out to be a bad system because then people are like, well, Soldier's my main. He's not available this week. I ain't I'm playing. Play the game. Yeah. You know, so just just put it aside. I'll pick it up next week when he's not banned. So that led to, you know, that's not something that they want to do, like exclude people from playing for, for a thing. This mode in particular, it's more of like, you don't know what the enemy team is picking and you vote ahead of time uh, and you select the bands as they go out. The problem with this that I can already foresee, and this happens already in competitive is somebody if somebody locks the hero that you want to play and that's all you play they just leave leave the match. so I, I can already see the enemy team banned soldier you wanted to play soldier you can't play soldier they're just gonna leave and then your team suffers so it's 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 an unfortunate circumstances and i think a lot of that is the penalty is not high enough for leaving but at the same time you can't have that the penalty too high for people who legitimately get disconnected you know, so it's it's finding the right balance, and it's just unfortunately, it's really really tough to find that that sweet spot. Indeed, Jason Winter taking a lot of pride heaping on you and I about Overwatch Two, thinking it might come out earlier than uh, than some other people, and maybe that the Overwatch League was delayed to coincide with some Overwatch Two news. Now, getting sources say uh, no, Overwatch League was moved to April because of visas travel visas and league format has nothing to do with overwatch 2 and in fact that's not expected for the 2021 season at all makes sense because of everything that's going on right now but um i started dipping my toes back into overwatch the past few weeks because that's kind of what i do during server downtime or if i'm like done everything i can possibly do on my main and in wow just for fun like i'll play around with different heroes and there's so many now like i don't know I never really played ranked much. I played ranked a little bit back in the day, but there were so fewer heroes to choose from. Now, if you say I'm a support class hero, well, look, I could I could enjoy playing Zenny. I could enjoy playing Mercy. I could enjoy playing Lucio. I could enjoy playing any other support class. So if you're banning two or one or two of those, it's not going to make or break my experience now that there's so many yeah. to choose from. You know what I mean? So I well, don't I know you, you played a lot of Mercy. Just imagine, yeah. you know, that you go a week and Mercy's banned. Like, you're like, why am I even playing right now? Like, in a competitive well, setting, you know? like Just today, I was playing with some friends and the one just kept picking Mercy. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to rock Lucio today. Like, that's just what yeah. I'm going to do. So, I, I'm... But yeah, you're right. Overwatch launched with, what, 21 characters, I think it oh, was. Man. and And they're now at 34, 35, somewhere around there. Like it's there's there's a lot of new heroes. More. Yeah. And plus, because you forced me to play mystery heroes anytime we play, it kind of forced me into like outside my comfort zone with that's that's up. the whole point. I love that mode and Blizzard, <laughs> if you happen to be listening, I'm still waiting for competitive mystery heroes. I don't understand how that's not a thing. <laughs> like so you've fun. created new competitive modes that we get for like a week or a month or whatever at a time and we still don't have competitive mystery heroes just please please get on that please we we agree again 
I don't know what to do with you two uh, agreeing so much of the show. I think next week I'm just going to have to host it alone. Um, I don't agree with the fact that she says we're agreeing. I don't agree with that. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. All is now well with the world. Final <laughs> little thing. Just uh, I've got some cosplay for you. And if you see any great, great World of Warcraft or Blizzard in general uh, cosplay and you want to share it with us, tweet at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O. Uh, we showed some last week. This week, uh, we've got Lil Sparks sending in uh, via Lil Missy, our lore keeper, sending us a link to Lil Sparks' dwarf shaman in Night Fae Winterborn male armor. This looks beautiful. incredible. It I, does. I wish I had any talent on that side of things. Like. <laughs> Like I get I in my head how I want things to look, and then I'm like, I need to hire a team of artists. I need, I like, I know how I want this to look, but I can't do it. I need a team of artists. Uh, incredible. I just want to be the photographer for a cosplayer like this because they're just, it's just it's it's beautiful. Now that I could do. That I could help them with, but it's not going to help me uh, attain my Kelthos cosplay. No, I'm just kidding, Indy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kelthos from Revendroth. Uh no, There's not much to no, that. You know, no. all you need is it would a be lock Tempest and a chain. It would be Tempest. I, fully... I don't need his abs and a sinstone. I, that's for you, Indy. I'm gonna wear the red robes of Tempest. I fully Deep. expect Mike Byrne at the next non-pandemic BlizzCon to be uh in bear form trying to tank BlizzCon. <laughs> don't 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 challenge me, dude. You know me. Don't you challenge me. Let's head over challenge. to Lorelai's and call it a day. All right, this is the segment where we give you three statements, one from each of us. Care of our lore master, Lil Missy. You can follow her on Twitter right there at LilMissy4205. So thank you, Missy, giving us this uh, excellent little segment to wrap up the show every week. We're going to give you three statements, one of which has a stone-cold lie. The other two are stone-cold truth. It's up to you in the comments below, whether it's on YouTube or readycheckradio.com to tell us which one's the lie, and it's not enough just to point out who's the liar. you got to point out what the lie is. Last week on Lore Lies, we uh, recapped the daring escape from the Maw and the first meeting of the Arbiter. Now, the Arbiter is at the very top of Oribos, not the bottom, the way we presented it, and a red light shot down from the flow of souls and strikes her. Now, who or what caused the Arbiter to go dormant is hotly contested still in the Warcraft lore community. Some believe it was the soul of Argus the Unmaker, uh, Xavius the Nightmare Lord, or maybe even Gul'dan. Or was it Big Daddy D, Sire Denathrius, using his sword to strike? Now, I'm going to give you the perspective from our lore keeper, Missy, just so you can have it. She loves this stuff. So I'll give you her, uh, her take on it. She argues... That it's actually the soul of Gul'dan that caused the halt of flow of death. The Gul'dan who was killed in the Legion expansion wasn't far from the timeline proper and instead was from a parallel time in Warlords of Draenor. So technically there would be two Gul'dan souls in Shadowlands. And since the strike came from above, it couldn't be from Revendreth, which is the lowest realm just above the Maw. A soul that doesn't belong makes a little more sense to Missy. So to give you a quote from her, time travel needs to have consequences. Damn it. I added the damn it. 
Here's your statements. I'll start. Zista, you're next. Indy, you're up. Which one of us is lying? Talanara brought the Maw Walker before the Arbiter with the hope that their presence would stir her once more. It seems the fate of the Shadowlands rests on the shoulders of the player, and we only have the winged creatures who dragged the leaders into the Maw. Uh, the more the Maw Walker is directed to first look in Bastion, as the dark beings have a similar description to the winged Kyrian. Being the semi-silent protagonist in this quest line can be a bit of a problem, as the player is transported to Bastion. You first meet Clea, Kyrian aspirant, who has spent eons working on her ascension until the flows of Souls Anima dried up. Instead of going directly to the Archon, players are forced to take the journey of enlightenment to prove themselves. While taking the trial, the Mawwalker sees the upheaval in the Elysium-inspired realm, the Forsworn. Those are your lore or lies statements. One of us is, liar, is a liar. Tell us who and why in the comments below. Chat, hang tight right after the show. We got a streamer coming on. Mr. Jason Winter going to be streaming. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How, How are many you? syllables are in the word fire? One. <laughs> okay, Zista just told me to ask you that because Merriam-Webster <laughs> says one, but people like me say it with two, like fire. Fire. Well, that's because you're from Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> what are you streaming, you ass? <laughs> I'm doing more Mass Effect and draw, but I've got a yeah, I've got an ice planet to explore, which kind of looks like Pennsylvania right now. I imagine it is cold. It is cold. We don't have like any snow or ice or anything right now. We okay. had some a few days ago, but it, it is very cold, very cold. Uh, so, how are you doing side quests, main story quests? What's what are you doing in this game right it's now? It's gonna be mostly side quest stuff now for for the rest of the ice planet. Maybe I'll get through the main quest stuff by the end of the night, but I don't know. There's a ton of there's so much side quest stuff in this game. Usually I like that, but I'm just there's too much. It, might, they overdid it, maybe. I don't know. Like, I, don't I don't want to explore anymore in my exploration adventure game. It's like every five feet you're stumbling over some dude who needs you to kill ten <laughs> space rats or whatever the heck. It's like, come on. Well, Jason will be live in just a few minutes, and you can hear more of his dislike for the adventure game that he continues to play. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually really enjoying it, though. I have yeah, been I watching do, the stream. Like you it. are enjoying it. But I can see why it wasn't you know, a 9 out of 10. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's <laughs> Hang tight, chat. We'll go dead for like 30 seconds just to get Jason's stuff prepped, and then he'll be back. We'll be back on this show next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, as always, right here on twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. Until then, Indy, where can everybody find you, my friend? You guys can find me at twitch.tv slash and it's the same name across all social media, so if you're looking to stalk me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those good places, YouTube, it's also Indy Garona, and I've been just hardcore working on my priest, so if you're support class or healer, Come on in. You you still spinning up your Fit Gamer podcast shortly here? Yes. Uh, Fit Gamer's back in the works. We just have to um, we have to organize because I'm working with somebody else on that. So Very nice. Very yes. nice. We'll all be keeping our eyes peeled. Zista, what about you, sir? Uh, you can find me somewhere down there uh, at Twitter on uh at Zista. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Just if you want if you want to get a message to Dom, just yeah. at Twitter. 
at at Exista X I Z T A oh, or Twitch Zista, at uh, just yeah yeah Twitch at just Zista X I Z T. I'm Mike Byrne. At you can Twitter. follow me personally right there on Twitter at MagicMan1. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio so you can get tweets with all the streamers going live, all three of our shows, and when we'll be doing whatever we'll be doing on the internet. Until next time, gang, stay safe. We'll see you out on those servers. Later. I mean, unless Mike Byrne's not wearing his glasses. <laughs>